Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Justin, clap. Clap. Edit point. Wait, hold up. We should always be recording like this. I think the listeners would really appreciate it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week four episode of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. We are thrilled that during your viewership, we were able to purchase brand new microphones. So if you, if you notice a difference in the sound quality this week, it's because of our new gear. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors. Without you, without you, this wouldn't be possible. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. We are here to talk about week four and everything that happened. It was... Crazy week in the 12-pack. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Jack is here with me. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just <laughs> waiting here for the introduction, man. A little bit, a little bit rude if you ask me, but that is okay. Um, yes, I'm also here. I am Jack, your co-host. Uh, half of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football talent crew. We frequently have guests on the show, but Tommy and I are the main hosts. Justin Lettenmeyer, a Let brother, is our main producer. The show's creator and inspirer is really Kyle Sandell at the end of the day. Not a Let brother, but an honorary member of the Let's Talk family. And yes, Louis is the other Let brother. You guys know him. He's on the show often. Unfortunately, not on the show this week, but that means you get a little bit more of me and Tommy, which I know that's really what the fans are into. So, Tommy, you do your thing where you host the show and you get us started. It's what everyone wants anyway, right? It's just to hear us talk for an extended period of time. So we'll give the listeners what they want. Uh, okay, so Jack, absolutely insane week this week. Uh, this season's nuts so far. I mean, we can just say that across the board. But yeah, this week, uh, wild. Wild, wild, wild. It was the first week in NFL history where four quarterbacks threw for over 400 yards. I believe the number was five. Really? Is it not? I don't know. I don't did Well, did that change tonight? Did Mahomes or Case Keenum? No, I thought it was five going into tonight. Regardless, May- quarterback play is through the roof. That's That was the theme of this week, the theme of la- yeah. last week. It's, it's pretty wild in the NFL right now. Defenses are not, uh, not beating offenses. I don't know how else to say it. That was the best way to say it, clearly. <laughs> offenses are not beating offenses. I thought you said it perfectly. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> thank you, Tommy. But uh, <laughs> let's get into let's get into the first matchup, and, and, and we'll break it down. Is there, Please tell me the first matchup has some, has some high-scoring quarterbacks so we can segue this nicely. Otherwise, I'll look like an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the first matchup is going to be uh, Dad versus Greg since he's in first place, and that, that there are not high-scoring quarterbacks in that matchup. Damn it. Okay. Um, well, bad segue. But <clears throat> what I will say is... There were two matchups that came down to the wire this Monday night, and you and Justin both had miraculous comebacks, breaking the hearts of Louis and Drew. We'll get into those matchups in just a few minutes, but it was absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, the first matchup I do want to talk about is Lieutenant Lou Lettenmeyer versus Super Supervisor Greg Cruz. Uh, 
It was an embarrassing week for Greg. Dad takes him down 15,944 to 8,566. Greg's team came crashing back down to earth after his uh, previous, uh, he had a couple good weeks in a row. was not great this week. Uh, I'm going to start with his team, and I'll let you focus on dads. Greg is bleeding at the wide receiver position right now uh, because Mike Evans had a decent game with 890, uh, but Chris Godwin crashes back down there with 320. Tegan Jr. puts up <laughs> 14. <laughs> one, one rushing yard and one return yard. <laughs> not not a not a high scoring performance to say the least. But what are your thoughts there? I mean, he only got three uh, targets. Is this should Greg hit the panic button on on Ted Ted Jin Junior or should he should he? I mean, yes, he should hit the panic button across the board. But I'm interested in 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 Gin because he really he really looked good in the first couple games, and it got you excited again. Him being an older player, thinking. You know, he can, I don't know, he's he's still the same guy, he's got the same speed, he can still be a viable fantasy option again. If I were Greg, I would have been optimistic about him. This has got to be a blow, especially with them winning and scoring 33 points, so it's not like it was just an offensive thing. I don't know, what do you think? Well, yeah, no, Tedkin started off very promising, and it's not looking great right now. What I will say is even Michael Thomas didn't have a great week, and so the passing game for the Saints was kind of just... Off and I mean you know what Alvin Kamara did. He just did everything, scored all three touchdowns on the ground. Drew Brees did not have a good week. Um, it's it's funny you mentioned Ted Good Jr. because he's actually going to be dropped by Greg. I can confirm this because we actually have breaking news, folks. Um, Justin, play the breaking news uh, sound for us real quick. Breaking news, news, news. Let's talk breaking news. Perfect. Thank you, Justin. That sounded a lot like Jack. Um, A trade has been proposed and accepted. Yours truly, Commissioner Thomas James, offered Greg, uh, Jared Cook, and Kenny Stills for Zach Ertz. And Greg has accepted it. And Jack, I wanted to get your th- initial thoughts you on that trade right now. Kidding me? You're gonna hit me with this live on the podcast? <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Wow, this is something that this is something that would really have warranted a little heads up before the show. I don't, I, I don't know what you want me to say right now. Zach Ertz is an elite NFL tight end. It goes Gronk, and then it goes Ertz Kelsey. You got him. You got him, man. I, I mean, I don't see. I don't see the logic in that trade. Jared Cook is is good, I guess, but that's Jared Cook's mo. He's he's good a few games, and then he completely disappears. I don't trust the Raiders' offense, and Kenny Stills is a boomer bust touchdown guy. I get that Greg's a little depleted at the wide receiver position, and I appreciate his attempt to improve his team. But I, obviously, being extremely biased in this, am a huge Zach Ertz fan and just think you really came out on top on that trade. 
Yeah, I figured that would be your take, and I obviously think I get the better end of the deal. That's the reason I offered the trade. I wanted to sell high on Cook, which, to be fair to Greg, now, the, the, the evaluation of the trade depends entirely on how you value Cook and Stills, right? If you're low on them, you're going to think Greg got absolutely trade blinked. We don't say that word anymore, but... Um, but Jared Cook is the number one tight end by a large margin through the first quarter of the season. Now, like you said, hard to trust the Raiders' offense entirely. You can't entirely. just look at the numbers. You can't... Jared Cook is not going to be the number one tight end at the end of the season. No, he's not, Jack. But... And, and uh, he's not going to be, but he is the number one tight end right now. And what is telling is he has, over the first four weeks, he has 35 targets. Yeah. Which which is good. Yeah. Which is good. And so, and Kenny Stills, I think, now I'm, I don't like losing Kenny Stills. Obviously, I like it because I get Ertz back, but Kenny Stills is going to be a good wide receiver this year. He has a chance to be a wide receiver too. He's uh, Ryan Tannehill's favorite target. He had a down week, but they were playing in New England. Like you said, he's, he's kind of boomer bust, but I, I think he's going to be booming more than he's busting. And I am not 100% confident. Like if, if Jared Cook can, he's not going to maintain what he has maintained because he's gotten over 6,000 points through the first four weeks. But if he can be a decent option for Greg and Kenny Stills can be good, there, there is logic to the trade. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree that there's logic to the trade. I think it's a fair trade. I, I'm, I'm a fan of more trading in our league and in any league. So I commend you and I applaud you. I, I don't think it's an unfair trade by any means. I'm definitely over biased. I, I'm definitely biased, and I overhype Zach Ertz. I think he, I, I, at this point currently, he might be the number one tight end I want, maybe even more than Gronk. That's ridiculous to say, but I just think with Carson Wentz coming back, it's just going to be, Zach Ertz is going to be eating again this season, just like he did last season, and I am excited for you that you have him, but without that, uh, without further ado, let's let's move on to the next matchup, or the first matchup, because I, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Zach Ertz is, is going to prove me right by the end of the season. Yeah, and that's obviously my thought as well. I, I I like that you mentioned Wentz coming back because that was my exact thought. Ertz has not been phenomenal yet this year. Uh, and I think with Wentz coming back, he is poised to explode, which is why I targeted him now uh, before the explosion happens. And I, while also selling high on Jared Cook. Uh, so uh, I'm ecstatic to have Ertz on my team. I think it'll uh, give me a boost moving forward. But yeah, that ties. Let's go back to Greg's team. He's not going to have Ted Ginn because he's dropping Ted Ginn as part of the two-for-one trade, uh, so he will be off his roster. I don't disagree with it um, necessarily, although, I mean, I don't know. It, it is what it is, but it, speaking more to his wide receiving core, Goodwin went down again with an injury, uh, didn't catch any balls the entire second half. It's, it's his leg again. Um, and then outside of, of Gurley, 
I mean, he's going to have Mark Ingram coming back, which should hopefully give him a big boost. Uh, but Jordan Wilkins doesn't seem to be startable. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you just sit him, put Mark Ingram in, and then Cam Newton comes back, and hopefully Cam Newton, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, and Mark Ingram can have enough explosive power to lead you to some some victories. I love. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I love Cam Newton. I think he's he's going to be a solid quarterback option for Greg every week. So I think he's got to he's got to get rid of Carson Wentz. He's got to get rid of. I think dropping. Gin is a great choice, and he's got to hit the waiver wire. He's got to get himself some depth at the wide receiver position. There's guys out there. There's guys to take chances on. His team is not beyond repair. He just really needs a, a stronger – I mean, I think he needs a stronger running back too as well, but he just needs to free up those roster spots to take some chances on some guys in the waiver wire. Dad's team, on the other hand, had a monster week scoring almost 16,000 led largely by huge performances from Ezekiel Elliott with 152 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown with 88 receiving yards. That's awesome for Zeke. Green Bay's defense with a massive 3,300-point performance. I, uh, you know, no surprises there, I guess, because they're playing the Bills, but I guess I guess I shouldn't say no surprises because the Bills beat the Vikings and will never, you know, hashtag never forget. But a huge performance there, and then just solid performances across the board except for oj howard going down with an injury there's going to be an mri they're not sure they don't think it's serious but it could be serious i suppose oh no breaking news he's out for two to four weeks with a sprained mcl so that's a that's a big hit for dad because oj howard was looking like a really good fantasy option what do you think about dad's team this week do you think he can expect similar performances moving forward. The answer is no, but I'll let you answer. <laughs> I still love, I mean, I've liked Dad's team since he drafted it. I still like it. You're not wrong. OJ Howard going down is big. He's got a giant hole at the tight end position now. I don't know if he has the ability. I mean, I suppose he puts OJ Howard into his IR slot, uh, hoping he can come back uh, within that four week time span. Uh, I will be in talks with dad about trying to offer him Jordan Reed and seeing what I can get from him. Uh, by the way, to everyone listening to this, Jordan Reed is on the trade block. So if anyone wants him, come to me with your offers. Let's uh, talk trades. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, dad has tonight's game, both Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman looked wonderful. Uh, they both had a rushing touchdown. 16-18 for Lindsay. He played him in uh, 12-70 for Freeman, who he did not play, so he made the right choice there. I think Dad's got to try and sell one of them. Pick the guy you think that's going to be better and try and sell one of them. Running backs are at... They're, they're so scarce right now. It feels, like, it feels like every team, except for a couple, needs more running backs. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just... I don't know what you're going to get for Royce Freeman. I think Philip Lindsay is definitely the best option in terms of consistent usage, more usage, and just looks better running the ball. I don't know. I don't know. I guess personally, I'm not high on Royce Freeman. I think, to your point, he, he had a touchdown this week, so he, he, he had a good week, and he did have eight carries and did well with them. But I just, 
I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get for Royce Freeman. I think if you, I think Dad will have to pair him with one of his stud wide receivers, like a Stephon Diggs and a, or an Emmanuel Sanders or a Keenan Allen, and that would allow him to maybe upgrade at the RB two slot. Uh, but who knows? Dad, there's a lot of moves Dad could make, but clearly his team is in good shape. I also love Tyler Boyd on Dad's bench with 11 receptions and 100 yards. Another huge performance from Tyler Boyd, who will benefit from the very unfortunate injury of Tyler Eifert, the other Tyler on the Cincinnati Bengals, who went down with a nasty ankle injury. Tommy, we saw that one together, and mm-hmm. uh, our our beautiful sister Anna pointed out that the announcer said, <laughs> "I uh, it looks like it might be an ankle injury or something along those I, lines. It, was, it, was, it appears to be an ankle it injury. It appears as, to be an ankle injury. No as, bleep, Sherlock, okay? It was nasty. The dude... Absolutely, absolutely destroyed his ankle. So it was a uh, classic oblivious commentator to be like, oh, yeah, it appears to. Uh, thanks, thanks, Captain Obvious. Go to the general and save some time. We were talking this weekend about how Shaq is in the general commercials. Shaq's in a lot of different commercials. But, anyways, that's for a different. That's for our NBA stars in advertising <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, let me cut back in here. 15 uh, targets for Tyler Boyd, dude. What do yes. you think about Tyler Boyd? Dad should try to sell him. You know, you make a, you made a, well, that's, it's actually what I was going to say is you made a great point about he needs to pair Royce Freeman or Philip Lindsay with someone else like a Tyler Boyd or an Emmanuel Sanders and try and upgrade for a better wide receiver or a better running back. When you've got guys on your bench that are startable for other teams, you pair them with someone else and you upgrade and you improve your team because dad cannot start both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. So yeah, and he can't, right now he can't start Tyler Boyd. He just has too many wide receivers. So Supply and demand, baby. Like yeah. Tommy said, there's a big demand for running backs. You've got a surplus of running backs. Move one of them. Yeah, so Dad's 4-0. His team is looking great. He's looking in phenomenal position. Uh, and Greg, we, 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 we are kind of down on his team right now, but he is 2-2. Two two. Um, he's got some studs on his team, and if he can fill some other holes, he's got a decent shot the um, rest of the season. So... Uh, Neither of them are looking too bad right now. Greg's, I think, uh, in a good position being 2-2, two and two, uh, even though uh, he's got some holes to fill. Does the next matchup have good quarterbacks? <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. just as I predicted. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about Anna's matchup versus Dan. Uh, arguably two of the best... I mean, t- certainly two of the best four or five teams uh, started the season. Anna takes down Dan 15,758 to 13,156. Speaking of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson got 32-10 for Anna, and Kirk Cousins got 31-68 for, uh, for Dan. So, Kirk Cousins definitely, to me, had the more impressive quarterback performance of those two. Watson going up against the Colts, yeah, sure. Congrats, buddy. Kirk Cousins put on a show against the Los Angeles Rams. I think he proved his pedigree in this game. 422 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, just a huge performance. And then Dan got really solid performances from the rest of his team, minus Chris Carson, who was out. What's up with uh, what's up with Dan playing Chris Carson? 
in his defense, Chris Carson was a very late scratch, uh, okay. very late into the week. It might All have right. even been Sunday morning that they announced him. I, I don't, I don't, I did not have any idea that he was even at any in any risk of not playing. Got and it. All of a sudden, uh, yeah, it must have been Sunday out. morning then. Yeah. So yeah, he was expected to be to be fine for Sunday's game. So tough, tough break for Dan there, but that's a big goose egg, and that's hard to overcome. You think. Had he been able to slot someone else in, I mean, you look at his bench, Mo Sanu got 14-10, so that would have been nice for Dan, but on the bright side, it wouldn't have been enough. So what did you think uh, about Dan's solid wide receiver performances and running back performances, one through three and one to two? He just had a really solid team this week. He did, and he's had a pretty solid team uh, for the first four weeks. I I love Dan's team. You talk about Kirk Cousins, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Tyree Kill, T.Y. Hilton, and Jarvis Landry. It's a great wide receiving core. It's such a good wide receiving core. All three of those guys are so solid. A small... I don't know what what the extent is, but a small concern is T.Y. Hilton uh, did have a hamstring injury. Um, oh, he's unlikely I, I, to play week five against the Patriots. He is unlikely to play on Thursday. So hopefully it's just a one-week absence and he's good to go for week six. Uh, but that would be tough if, if he misses an extended period of time with that hamstring injury. Um, and then Carlos Hyde keep, keeps making me look dumb. But, you know, he did he got a, a touchdown in 82 yards. But, hey, dude, Nick Chubb. Can you talk about Nick Chubb's performance? <laughs> so... Um, Nick Chubb, there have been, and this is, I believe, so I was listening to the Fantasy Footballers podcast, and they, I believe, said they got the information from the Dan Patrick show. There have been something like 1,200 100-yard and two-touchdown performances from running backs in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Nick Chubb is the first ever to have 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns on three carries or less. <laughs> he touched the ball three times and had a hundred and like two yards and, and two touchdowns. That is so uh, awesome. Also, dude, are we sourcing now? Because I steal <laughs> all of my information from other podcasts and, and articles online. I don't do. I don't think of any of this stuff myself. Do I have to source everything I say? Because this is gonna no. get, this is gonna turn into a, a really long podcast. No, we don't have to source everything we say. Um, no, I. But but. Truly, anyone who listens to this, if you want even better fantasy advice not related to our league, uh, do check out the Fantasy Footballers podcast. It's really entertaining, and they're really smart guys. They use a lot of data. And Actually, yeah. No, never mind. You should check out ESPN's (laughs) podcast with with Matthew Berry. He's always right. Uh, Perfect, yes. Okay, Justin, cut out the part about the Fantasy Footballers. Um, um, no, but okay, gosh, so that's enough about Dan's team. Anna's team, I just want to, all I want to say is Al, Vin, and the Chipmunks, ladies and gentlemen. Alvin! Three rushing touchdowns, 134 rushing yards, 47 receiving yards, and um, just a monster performance, 38-60. I love that Anna has him. He would have been my pick if he dropped to me in the first round. He's the number one running back right now, and I don't really see it changing even with mark ingram coming back i think alvin Kamara is going to continue to be a stud in that studly new orleans offense i think anna 
is going to ride him individually to a lot of victories. Yeah, I mean, as long as Alvin Kamara is averaging about 3,000 points a week, I think Anna's team is going to be doing all right, um, which he is averaging about 3,000 points a week for the first four weeks. So <laughs> Here's a trivia uh, question. How many <laughs> weeks this year has Alvin Kamara scored 3,860 points? Uh, twice. Two weeks, yes. Week one and week <laughs> yes. four. Um, so, yeah, he's, he stays insane. We'll see what the Mark Ingram uh, situation, him coming back, what that affects. I am in agreement with you. His touches will go down a little bit. I don't think it's going to affect his production all that much. Um, Let me just do one more thing to set you up for the rest of the analysis here. Anna scored 15,758 points this week. Let me list three of her players. Yep. Isaiah Crowell, 80. Austin Hooper, 240. Demarius Thomas, 440. What? She got six hundred. She got 760 points between her running back two, her flex, and her tight end. And she scored almost 16 grand. Unbelievable. It might have something to do with, uh, you know, absurd performances from Kamara, Watson, Cooks, Lutz, and Jacksonville. Uh, hey, don't, no, don't give no disrespect to Deshaun Jackson, okay? Okay, I don't call 1,300 absurd, but your point is noted. Uh, no, Anna's team has looked phenomenal all year long. She's 3-1. and one. She's one of the highest-scoring teams in the league. Deshaun Watson looks great. Brandon Cooks looks great. He has done Cooks so looks. much. <laughs> Brandon um, Cooks looks Anyway, uh, he does look good. I, oh my I wasn't high on him. He does look good. What, dude? I'm interrupting you? Come on. Yes, you're, you're like stuttering. Every... <laughs> oh, you're stuttering, dude. You got a lot of us, okay? Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Cooks stuttering. looks good. Jesus Christ. Brandon Cooks looks great. He has done wonders for their passing offense. He's opening up a lot. Uh, he is what they had hoped Sammy Watkins would be last year, I think. Um, and he's doing a lot to open things up for both Cup and Robert Woods. Galladay only has four targets, but he still puts up 940 points. Galladay's going to be great all year long. We'll see how Deshaun Jackson is with uh, Winston coming back uh, because Fitzpatrick likes the deep ball, I think, a little bit more than Winston. Um, Concerns for Anna are Isaiah Crowell and her tight end position while Evan Ingram is out. The good news for Anna is it looks like Devontae Freeman is expected to be back. The coach is at least hoping he will be back next week. So you plug in Freeman and you're running back too. And then you don't have to play Crowell if you don't want to, which I would suggest not doing uh, because he's going up against Denver next week. Kind of a tough matchup. And yeah, if Crowell's not getting the touchdowns, he's not right now he's not putting up any kind of production. So... Um, that's why he was my pump. I pumped the brakes on him last week, uh, and she did not like that. But, you know, 80 points against Jacksonville, not great. But, I mean, bottom line is Anna's team looks phenomenal, and I think we can both agree she right now has absolutely nothing to worry about. Yeah, no, certainly. I think it's (laughs) all systems moving forward for Anna. All systems moving forward, a classic phrase. Um... Yeah, so again, Anna and Dan both look great. Dan, unfortunately, gets the loss, but you know, right now they're both poised to make the playoffs. So uh, All systems looked- forward to Brian <laughs> and Kyle's matchup. All systems forward. Uh, yeah, Brian is still in third place. He drops to 3-1, and one, um, an abysmal week for him. He loses to Kyle, who puts up another great week, 14,156 to Brian's 9,638. 
And um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into Brian's team again, and I'll let you analyze Kyle's because Brian was looking really good through three weeks, and I don't I, I don't think there's too much to read into here. I think it's just one of you know it's just a bad week. Breeze only puts up 858, which is not like I said it was just a weird game for the Saints, where like their only success was on the ground, and they got it through Kamara, and they didn't really need much else. So. He doesn't put up much. I mean, Hopkins, what what else can you say about him? Ten receptions for 169 yards and one receiving touchdown. Fuller went out, was not in, I believe, for the almost the entire second half of that game. He injured his hamstring. If he's out for any amount of time, Hopkins' targets just go up. So, I mean, he's been phenomenal. Juju Smith-Schuster, a bit of a down week, only 800. Allen Robinson, decent in his wide receiver three with 930. But let's talk about his starting running backs and his tight end because I don't know if there's too much to look into with Jordan Howard. That was a strange week, and we will get into that more when we talk about Tariq Cohen for yeah. his team. Drew's, but... uh, things are looking up for Tariq Cohen uh, considering the performance this week. Like you said, maybe maybe we shouldn't overreact, but I would be worried if I were Brian to put up only 25 rushing yards in a game where your team wins 48-10. to 10. I know it's game script and blah, 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 but boy. That hurts. And then followed up with Kenyon Drake only getting 210 against a good Patriots team. I, I'd i be worried if I were Brian. I don't know. I'm over, I'm, I'm an overreactor, though. Yeah, it's it's easy to overreact. I am certainly – I'm not super worried about Jordan Howard yet. I'd like to see how that progresses. Um, but I am worried about Kenyon Drake. You have been skeptical of him the entire year. Uh, he now has, over the last two weeks, a total of eight – rushes for six yards um that's not good uh that's a hot take <laughs> that's that's a very hot take dude i'm gonna go out yeah. on the limb and say not great yeah i mean yeah that that i that, i don't really think that needs further analysis it's i don't know it's abysmal it's abysmal and and you would hope the hope was that Kenyon Drake would get more work, and it just it hasn't happened. And I mean, for now, you can't start him. I don't know. I, I don't think he's a droppable. I, I he's definitely he's not. Droppable dro- he's definitely not droppable. I wouldn't even say he's not startable. I think he's he's definitely gone from a start every week to a to a matchup dependent kind of guy. I think going up against the Bengals this next week, they're a high powered offense, so it might be a pass heavy game. So maybe that won't be good for him. The Bears the next week. Uh, I, I don't know. It'll be a week-by-week thing. I do think that Brian will be able to look to his bench. He had Adrian Peterson on a bye this week, and he also has Theoretic on his bench, who is week-by-week week becoming less of a viable fantasy option. I think I think Brian will have to hit the waiver wire this week unless you buy into Aaron Jones' 1470-point performance. I absolutely buy into Aaron Jones, and I think I mentioned last week he could be – Brian's saving grace at the running back position. Aaron Jones uh, looks like uh, he's the most talented running back uh, between him, Jamal Williams, and Ty Montgomery. And, uh, yeah, very encouraging stuff for his uh, – he he got 11 carries. He got 65 yards. He got the rushing touchdown. Um, I think moving forward he'll be a, a – Fine flex or running back two option. I think if I'm Brian, move you know for next week. You play Jordan Howard. You keep Aaron Jones in. You plug in Adrian Peterson, and 
yeah, so I don't know that he really I, needs to go to the waiver wire. I completely agree, that. and that's why I set you up for that because I, I uh, caught my error in my ways. Aaron, okay. I do, I do buy the Aaron Jones hype. I think he's by far the best running back on that team. The only thing in Aaron Jones's way is Mike McCarthy, and unfortunately, that's a big roadblock, both literally and figuratively. Mike McCarthy's a bad NFL coach and a large man. He <laughs> makes bad decisions, and he's also large. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, his Aaron counterpart on the Packers is a reason why Aaron Jones becomes more interesting to me because he needs to do shorter check down passes because he needs to run the ball a little more than pass it and can't move around as much. I like Aaron Jones. I just worry about his consistency with the weirdness of Mike McCarthy. Yeah, no, that's, and that's fair. Anyway, and with Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery back there, it's a crowded backfield. There's no guarantee that he's going to be consistent. So you'll just have to see how that pans out. Uh, but yeah, I think bottom line for Brian's team, like I said, it was a weird week for him. He's definitely got a big hole at the tight end position. He tried to stream Benjamin Watson, did not work out. Uh, so um, yeah, yeah, and and the Drew Brees, the Drew Brees. Sorry to cut you off. The Drew Brees performance. I don't think that's anything to worry about. No, just a it's weird not. game against the Giants where they where they ran a lot. Uh, but Andy Dalton on Brian's bench is has another big week, 337 passing yards, three touchdowns. He's going to be a viable fantasy option. I don't know if it's he's lucrative enough for Brian to trade him, having Drew Brees on his team, but certainly, you know, I like Dalton, so I guess I like that he's on Brian's bench, but not doing him much good when he's got a wide re- or a, a option like Drew Brees that is pretty much going to be a streamer or a, a plug-and-play every week, unless you disagree with that take. No, I'm not going to say that he should start Andy Dalton over Drew Brees. Okay, watch uh, your tone. Dude. Are you kidding me? The Bengals' offense is fire. Okay, 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 okay. The Bengals look really, really good right now. Uh, Andy Dalton is definitely worth Don't hanging on to. Don't disrespect the Red Rocket. If Ingram coming back, and it, it, it's looking like the, the Saints are going to start passing less because their running game is much better with Mark Ingram... Andy Dalton's definitely worth a hold right now, and if Cincinnati keeps this up, maybe the, uh, I, I change my mind, and, and you do start, uh, especially depending on the matchup, maybe you play Andy Dalton over Drew Brees. But let's move on to Kyle's team. Another great week for Kyle. Uh, I'll let you talk about Kyle's team. I just, I'll set you up with a couple things. I mean, the, the theme of Kyle this year is he's absolutely <laughs> boned at the running back position, and the rest of his team looks really, really good. Uh, so what do you love about Kyle's team and what is very concerning for him? Because I believe there are some concerning things about Kyle's team. Yeah, you said it perfectly. The things to love about Kyle's team are obvious. Patrick Mahomes, another solid week with 300 passing yards, a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. Not what you're, you've been used to leading up to this point, but certainly a serviceable quarterback week. And then his wide receivers. I mean, Julio Jones can't score touchdowns, but he can score points still. Adam Thielen looks so good on the back of Kirk Cousins, who is proving himself as as an elite NFL quarterback. Adam Thielen had 12 targets, which is his lowest on the season. That'll tell you something. And Robert Woods, who I absolutely despise, but somehow is a viable fantasy option. I don't know. It's clear at this point that Robert Woods is more than capable 
of producing the points to be an above average wide receiver three. So Kyle, Kyle's just really loaded at the wide receiver position, but that's where his team gets funny because Leonard Fournette cannot stay healthy. Dude got 400 points and he tweaked his hamstring again. Matt Breida, I don't know, man. That's all I got to say about that. I don't know. There's too many question marks in that San Francisco offense. He's just not a guy that you're excited about. Maybe I'm wrong there. I could be. And then uh, he just hasn't been able to... I mean, Mike Williams has been good, but only 200 points this week, so... That seems inconsistent. Geronimo Allison on his bench getting a concussion this week. That'll keep him out. Josh Gordon getting 420 points. We noticed that in our league, uh, if you know what I mean. And I don't know. I just I get really excited about Kyle's top four, and then there's a lot of question marks for me. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry might just be bad. He might just be, like, really bad. Derrick Henry might just be really bad. Is as football no... or as a fantasy as a fantasy option? I mean, as, I, a fantasy, as a fantasy, as a fantasy option, option certainly. <laughs> <laughs> At football, I don't. I'm still can. I'm still hopeful that he'll be able to. He's good. He's not bad, right? Is he bad? I don't know. I mean, I mentioned this earlier in the year. There's a reason they brought in Deion Lewis. He's he's. He does not. He's not a good passing option out of the backfield. So you got to have someone else in there for the passing option. And he's been getting the carries. I mean, he's he's not getting. I, I didn't. I don't know what he got for carries this week because we were a little busy this weekend with Scott's bachelor party. But he got eight carries. Um, he only got eight carries this week. No, so that's bad. But he's gotten I think eighteen carries like twice before that and just isn't doing anything with it yeah 18 Um, rushes for 56 yards 18 rushes for 57 yards eight rushes for 24 yards week one was 10 rushes for 26 yards he's just not doing anything with his touches he's not and now he's not getting you know 25 to 30 touches like some of the elite running backs do but he's also not doing anything with the he's getting enough touches to be a serviceable yes running back yes and he's just not doing anything with it so I mean, obviously, you're not going to drop him if you're Kyle. You hope he starts to turn things around. But um, honestly, what's really encouraging for Kyle is George Kittle, who puts up 2150 on his bench. Um, I was surprised that he picked up Njoku to and not play Kittle. I mean, I know why he did it, because he was worried about um, Beathard taking over for Garoppolo and how that offense would work out. But clearly, uh, and I think it's often the case for backup quarterbacks, uh, You know, they depend more on the tight end if, anything else because yeah, tight end is a nice security usually, blanket. Yeah, exactly. It's usually a nice, easy throw over, over the middle of the field. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think George Kittle is going to be great the rest of the year for Kyle. I think he can drop Njoku uh, and you, you play Kittle. So I think he's fine at the tight end. We obviously, I mean, he's got a, just an, right now an excellent wide receiving core. And yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to his flex and his wide, and his, uh, sorry, his running backs but and but his his defense is great. I mean, Chicago has just been absolutely phenomenal. Khalil Mack is an absolute beast, and the He's Oakland be Raiders of the year, man. are just the most abysmally, awfully ran organization. They they got to be the worst or, ran organization in the entire NFL. They got. You love John Gruden, though. The first four weeks of what Khalil Mack has done is just so embarrassing for the Oakland Raiders. One, 
the fact that they could not make their defense elite around a talent like Khalil Mack because the Bears, whose defense has been fine in years past, is just all of a sudden on another level because of Khalil Mack and the things that you can do with him. I mean, they're getting so much pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I need to look, go to Kyle's team here real quick. But they're getting so many sacks this year. And it's completely uh, because of Khalil Mack. You got four sacks, six sacks, four sacks, and four sacks. And they've turned the ball over in the first four weeks an obscene 11 times. Obscene is the right word, yeah. It's, it's out of control. Uh, and, and It's the kind of defense that you, you'll be able to ride to some victories, probably. Yes, I mean, Kyle found... I mean, great pickup by him to get pick the Bears back up as soon as uh, Khalil Mack was signed. They got a buy next week, but yeah, I mean, the Bears you're starting every single week uh, based on what they've done so far until something changes. Um, so I think Kyle's team actually, I mean, he moves to two and two with the victory. Concerns obviously at the running back position, especially because Fournette re-injuring the same hamstring. I think they're going to be even more careful bringing him back this time. I think we're looking at. At least, I mean, this is just speculation because I don't know anything, but I don't think, I think he sits out at least two weeks. At least two weeks. Because they're they're fine with Yeldon. Um, they can still win games with their defense. And ultimately, you want him for the stretch run. So you take care of him now. And yeah, I think that means they sit him for a while. And that means Kyle is in big trouble over the next few weeks at the running back position. Um, but yeah, other than that, things are looking good for him. Uh, I want to take a short break from the matchups and do a very, very quick let's guess um, because we're four weeks through the season, which is exactly a quarter of the way through the fantasy season of 16 weeks. And I wanted to, you to try and guess a couple of, if not all of, if you're incredible, the top five fantasy scorers at each position. We're talking quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense. Um, so I want to move quick. And so... yeah. I've got just some, throw, I've just, got some quick yeah, guesses. Yeah, throw out a few names as I go through. And running uh, back, I'm I'm pretty confident in this because I. Okay, let's start. Let's start there. We got the top five running backs. Yeah, Give me like, your guesses that immediately come to mind. I'm gonna go Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, and James Conner. Damn, dude! If you're not looking up the stats, that's really impressive. Uh, you did get one wrong. But I believe James Conner is like sixth or seventh. So <laughs> who's who's in there? I would, dude. I was pretty confident in that because I've just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't. That that's I, I guess that seems obvious to me. Like those those five guys have all been ridiculous. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And you set them in the right order too. It's Kamara first, Gurley second, Gordon third, um, Barkley is actually fifth. And then uh, with Zeke's massive performance this oh, week, he jumps Zeke. into the top. He's he's number four. Zeke, Zeke, that makes sense. I yeah. I can't even. I'm trying to think of who else. Like, so those are the top six. Like, I have no idea who seventh is. Those guys are just on. Those guys are on a different tier. I would. Yeah, I, mean, those, I would say my that, guy, that, my boy McCaffrey, but he had a bye this week, unfortunately. Right. So he yeah. So he doesn't exactly. Um, he doesn't exactly make the cut with playing one less week, but no, I mean you. You obviously were were very good there with that. I mean, because David Johnson's names, nowhere so near James, there. James Conner was sixth, and then to round up the top ten, just because you were curious, 
James White, Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, and TJ Yeldon. Yeah, so, I wouldn't have um, guessed a single one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, you should have asked me five. You should have asked me five through ten, dude, <laughs> or six through ten, <laughs> and embarrassed the shit out of me because I would not have guessed any of those guys. James White, huh? Man, that yeah. makes sense. I guess we're gonna talk about him when we get to Louis' team. Um, go to let's do quarterbacks. Go quarterbacks. Um, my boy, legend Matt Ryan. Um, he's mm-hmm. got to be in the top five. I'm not sure where. Uh, Ryan Fitzmat Fitzmagic. Um, he's been an absolute stud. Uh, is Big Ben in the top five? No, I don't think Big Ben's in the top five. Pa- oh, Patrick Mahomes is in the top five, and then um, Kirk Cousins. We talked about him being a stud. Nice. How many? Where Where am I at? Or have I been? So, so yeah, Patrick Mahomes, in very surprisingly, is not in the top five. Um, oh, that is extremely surprising. Let's see. No. Oh. Oh. You know. No. 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 Sorry. Yahoo is very cool and hasn't updated his overall points because he played tonight. Oh. That's got to be it, right? Because he's got. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Because they've got him. Oh, I hate Yahoo so much. They've <laughs> updated his weekly scoring, but you know they have not. They couldn't possibly know that he's gotten more points. Um, so he probably does creep up into the top five. You were right about Matt Ryan's number one, Ryan Fitzpatrick number two, uh, Kirk Cousins was number five. Fitzpatrick was, is number two, even with his abysmal. With his yeah. abysmal. Wow, that's impressive. Let me add up Pat Mahomes stuff real quick because I think he might actually be. He might even he might jump up to number two with tonight's performance. I was right with is Kirk Cousins in the top five? He was before Pat Holmes' performance, mm. um, so he would fall to number six. Um, so, so we're looking we, for two, we're looking for two more guys. Is it? I'll just get, say Big Ben. Is it Big Ben or no? No. Oh. Um. I mean, I guess I I want to say I would say I'll say Drew Brees, but he had such a bad week this week. Uh, yeah, it is. It is still Drew Brees. Oh, he okay. Okay. Drew Brees is going to be number five, and uh, and and uh, yeah, with Pat Mahomes' performance, he actually he did enough in that second half. He is number one, just beating out Matt Ryan. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, if there's someone else in there, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have any guesses. Jared Goff. Oh, I, I was about to guess Philip Rivers. Uh, Jared Goff, really? Yeah, Jared Goff is number four. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess this is the appropriate time um, to apologize to Scott um, <laughs> for calling Jared Goff uh, just a game hey. manager. And um, that was Louis, okay? That was Louis. Uh, that was that no was Louis. I, that. I will I will stand by what I said about Jared Goff, or maybe I didn't say it. I can't remember, but he will. I don't know that he'll ever have a, another game like this the rest of the season. Um, but he will have great games, and there are going to be games where he only puts up fifteen or seventeen hundred, because their defense is great. Todd Gurley is great, and there's going to be second halves where they just have to try and salt the game away by running the ball. That was a very high-scoring game this week for Jared Goff, and in those types of situations, he's going to be a fantasy goldmine. But I think probably half the time he is just going to be that. 1,500 to 2,000-point quarterback. Uh, so I guess we'll see on that. Uh, but moving on 
Wide receivers. Wide go. receivers. I've got I've got some obvious ones. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's got to be number one. Mm-hmm. True. Um, Adam Thielen, who we were just talking about on Kyle's team, he's got to be in the top five. Number two. He's number two. He is. Wow. DeAndre Hopkins has got to be in the top five. Shockingly not. Really? Shockingly not. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I look like a fool. He's um, number seven. Tyreek Hill? No. Number, he's number nine. Damn. All right, I'll give you one more guess. If you're wrong, I'm just going to tell you the last three. This is embarrassing. Um... <laughs> All right, don't guess. Don't guess. Think about who has been insane the last two okay, weeks. Okay, okay. You know what? I was about – okay, Calvin Ridley, just because he has five touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah Calvin Ridley okay. is number three. That makes sense. Um, my other guess is is uh, Deshaun Jackson. I was I was thinking – yeah, Deshaun Jackson. He's number eight, um, not too Damn. far. Out of the, only 300 points out of the top five. Seven, eight, so. nine, man. Dude, why couldn't you have asked me for wide receiver six through ten this time? <laughs> anyway, so the top, I mean, one through ten is, is very close. It's only separated by about 1,000 points. Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, and then four and five are Mike Evans and Cooper Cup at number five. Jeez, uh, no way. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have guessed um, either of those guys. No, I wouldn't have either. So that's the who's, top five who's number there. six? Um, Golden Tate after his big week. Damn, would not have guessed that either. Man, yeah, fantasy's weird. Yeah. Was, if then, you would have uh, predicted that as the top ten wide receivers, like at the beginning of the season not. for four weeks, definitely not. No, no, you no. are also not going to do a good job on the tight ends. I would give you a couple guesses. Go for the top tight ends now. Although I did give you the answer for number one, so you should. Yes, get that. yeah. Jared Cook is number one, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say my boy Zach Ertz. I think he's still, I mean, he hasn't been amazing, but he's still, tight ends have sucked. Yeah, Zach Ertz is uh, still number four. Um, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, Travis Kelsey with tonight's performance, I believe is going to be just behind Jared Cook. Um, Mm. He was at four, let's see, he was at 4290 and got 1730. So, yeah, he's going to be just over, uh, just under 6,000, uh, mm. which puts him in second place. So we got Cook, Ertz, Kelsey, uh, and then two, so two more. Kyle so Rudolph? No, he finished, he's just out of it at six. Oof. Um, Jesse James? Nope, he's down at nine. Ooh. Not that close to the top five, so you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not Gronk. No, it's, it's not. not I don't, you're not going to guess. It's not Trey Burton. You're not going to guess the last two, I don't think. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Uh, you got George Kittle at number three. Mm. No, and I wouldn't guess that. Eric Ebron at number five. You know what? <laughs> respect, respect, Eric Ebron. <laughs> that guy is eaten against all odds. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, he's, in a, he's got two tight ends on his team, and he's on the Colts. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Kudos to Drew for nice having him. Well, hey, I didn't. I did better than I expected. Um, I'm not, not going to guess kickers or defenses, am I? I know. Let's move I'm on just going to the next matchup. I was just going to say the top five real quick. You got Justin Tucker, Mason Crosby, Will Lutz, Cody Parkey, and Robbie Gold. 
Shout out to Justin Lettenmeyer for always loving Justin Tucker. He is in first place, tied with Mason Crosby. And then for defenses, Chicago, Los Angeles Rams, New York Jets, Green Bay Packers, and the Cleveland Browns rounding out the top five for defenses. Uh, so I found that very interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's enough for Let's Guess. We've spent enough time there. We're going to move on to the next matchup, which is a little bit out of order. But I want to get I want to I want to go into the second half talking about Justin versus Drew's matchup because wow just wow um, we were talking about a couple matchups that came down to the wire this was one of them Justin pulls off a miraculous comfort behind victory putting up sixteen thousand five hundred and twenty eight Drew loses with sixteen thousand and forty two. I just can't imagine losing with 16,000 points. Um, it definitely has never happened to me. I Let me can't just imagine say one it's thing. happened very often. Told you so, Louie. Told oh, you so. yes. We did a let's bet last week where Louie thought that uh, Kyle's victory against Jack, I think it was like something around 15,900, something to Jack's 15,200, something he thought that would be the highest scoring matchup Highest scoring close matchup of the week. Less of the than a week later, of the entire year, he said correct. that would be the highest correct. matchup of the whole year. And one week later, hey Louis, hey hey Louis, Louis, you hear me? Listen up. Told you so. Hey Louis, I told you so, Louis. Predicted it right, obviously, of course. Uh, this week, I think this is a trend, man. The NFL is wild. The NFL, it is the wild wild nfl out there as they say and i think i don't know i'm gonna tommy you want to make a let's bet i bet this isn't the highest matchup of the year wow it's hard to imagine yeah well it was hard to imagine last week my friend i know but this is even more <laughs> difficult to imagine. <laughs> yeah, you and louie tragedy of the com- tragedy of the commons no that's uh, not, that's you know what right. i'll take that bet this is going to be and 70 points. Let's bet. That's going to be the highest scoring matchup of the year. All right. It's in the Let's Bet Uh, book. And now I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about Drew's team. Great. uh, And perhaps issue an apology to him. Uh, We actually have him uh, listening in here. He's uh, unable to talk uh, on the podcast, but we've got him listening in. Uh, ready for your apology, so take it away, Jack. All right. I mean, a wise man once told me, never apologize for anything, no matter what, ever. And that quote stuck with me for a long time, because I think in life, you got to stick by what you say. And I said what I said, and Drew's team is, was, and forever will be a dumpster fire. He knows it. He named his team such. And uh, nothing's going to change. Listen, Drew, you had a big week, my friend. 16,000 points, absolutely massive. Okay, I can't do it. His team's not bad. <laughs> there we go. His team's not bad. All right, his I was team's waiting not for bad. that. His team's this... not bad. Drew, this is why Drew, you do not overreact. I was wrong about your team. I don't think they'll be scoring 16,000 points, but I'm sorry for not seeing the potential 
in your guys because, and I think I was partially blinded by bias, Golden Tate is the number one option on that offense. I know you're high on Kenny Galladay, but Golden Tate is a beast. Eight receptions, 132 yards, two receiving touchdowns. I've got Marvin Jones Jr., so I didn't want to believe it, but Golden Tate's the number one option. Corey Davis with 161 receiving yards, a touchdown, and nine receptions. This was the week. This was the week we were, we've were we been waiting for for two years, Drew. <laughs> Corey Davis finally shows up, and boy, with that offense, with the other wide receiving options, uh, Corey Davis, if he can stay healthy, if Mariota can stay healthy, I think he'll be eating for most of the season. I, I really do. I, I, sure. I, I really... Out of nowhere, I really like your wide receivers. Rashad Matthews and Delaney Walker, both gone from the team. I mean, Rashad Matthews gone from the team, Delaney Walker out for the year. Yeah. Uh, it is it is Corey Davis's show in yeah. that in that passing game. Yeah. Eaton like Diane Keaton, as my good friend Drew always says. Odell Beckham Jr., the lowest scoring wide receiver this week with only a thousand, but you know, obviously OBJ is fine. He's he's gonna be great. You're 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 set at wide receiver. I really do think I really do think your wide receivers are super solid. And then looking on your bench, Kelvin Benjamin with only three ninety. He's been a big disappointment so far this week this year. The Bills are just bad. I think Kelvin Benjamin will have a few a handful of good weeks if you know the weeks he scores a touchdown or whatnot. But I don't know. Dante Pettis also getting injured with negative twelve points. Um, I think you're really set with those three wide receivers, but I think you have zero depth at the position, so I'm worried about that. And then Dalvin Cook, what a shame. Uh, he just can't seem to stay healthy, um, but he but he got 10 carries and only got 20 yards in that Rams game. So I don't know. Uh, that scares me. Sony Michelle is the bright spot somehow of your running back core now with Rex Burkhead hitting the IR. All of a sudden, he looks like he'll be a viable option. And we just mentioned Eric Ebron. Apparently, he's a top-five NFL tight end. I mean, I keep acting like I'm about to end this, but I have to keep going through his team because I was wrong about all these people. Tariq Cohen, what might have been the biggest surprise this week with a receiving touchdown, 121 receiving yards, and 53 rushing yards. I don't know. It's not, once again, don't overreact to one week, but that kind of usage is really exciting to see certainly for just someone that you're hoping to use as a flex. Don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of improvements needed, but certainly, boy, what a difference one week can make. Can make. All of a sudden, I, I do have to admit, I apologize. I, I like Drew's team. Very, very big of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I was never as down on his team as you were. Uh, it was the running backs to me that were the huge issue. Um I mean, I don't think you mentioned Tom Brady. He bounced back with a good week, which uh, you hope that New England can keep playing well. And if that's the case, yeah, I, I mean, I really like, I think Drew's got a decent shot to uh, to make a run here. Sony Michelle, 25 carries. Both Sony Michelle, I think Sony Michelle and James White are both going to be startable running backs every week as long as Rex Burkett is out. But don't um, forget my motto, dude. Never trust a Patriots running back. I stand by that. I yeah, and I I think that's a little narrow minded of you um, because there are instances where you can trust uh, in in years past where you can trust the Patriots running back when they find their guys. Um, 
It was Dion Lewis before Did he got injured. Did you just call me narrow-minded on my own podcast? <laughs> uh, no, I think you misheard I'm extre- me. No, I didn't. I'm extremely open-minded, okay? Bill Belichick is a snake, and you never know who he's going to play or who he just sits people. Malcolm Butler, Super Bowl. You ever heard of it? Uh, I don't know. I, I just interrupted you, but I don't care. It, we're talking about Drew's team too much. Justin's the winner here. Justin is the champion. Uh, Justin okay. is the one who scored 16,500 <sighs> yes, points. Yes. And we so will for you get to dwell team, on Drew's team we will get for so long in is, an affront, is an affront to my brother, Justin, B.B. Lett. But go on. We're almost done. And, uh, you know, you just made the podcast a little bit longer with that rant. I apologize to everyone who's listening. Uh, the point is, his running backs are looking really good, even with Dalvin Cook at less than 100%. If he can get healthy, Drew's running backs are looking great all of a sudden. Tariq Cohen, obviously, you don't want to overreact but like you said, you love the usage. And then TJ Yeldon is going to be a startable running back for Drew for as long as Leonard Fournette is out. And right now, we don't know how long that's going to be. Like I said, I think it'll be at least two weeks. We will see. But yeah, uh, I like I like his team. His running backs all of a sudden look a lot better than they did seven days ago. Uh, and uh, I think he's got a shot to make a run. I will talk about Justin's team. And I was telling him... Even if he would, I told him, even if you drop to 0-4, I love his team. I do. I love Justin's team. He moves to 1-3. I think his 16-5 is the best score of the year so far. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even been great yet, and Justin's team has still been stellar. So as soon as Aaron Rodgers can get it clicking, it's going to be even better. He only puts up 16-02. Cooper Cup with a massive 32-86. He's looked great all year. We mentioned he is the fifth uh, overall wide receiver on the year. Love the Jordy Nelson play. I was so out of uh, focused. Uh, so out of focus. Yeah, I was like a camera. Really, I was so out of really focus. True, dude. Um, I just wasn't. Really well I wasn't. Said. I wasn't focused in on fantasy football entirely this weekend because we were in Arizona, but. I didn't realize he played Jordy Nelson. <laughs> so <laughs> great play. Uh, puts up 1530. Uh, Antonio Brown still hasn't performed what we expect, but he puts up a nice solid 1470. Marshawn Lynch looked great. 1720 put up 130 rushing yards. Didn't even score this week and still had a massive week. Lamar Miller, bit of a down week. Travis Halsey, solid as ever. He's the reason Justin came back and won to put up zero points in the first half and puts up a massive 17-30 in the second half to get him the victory. Uh, and then Calvin Ridley backs up his three-touchdown performance with another two touchdowns. And then you got Justin Tucker, who is just great every week. The Baltimore offense is looking great. They're getting into position where they can get into the red zone and get Justin Tucker uh, opportunities to kick field goals. And the Rams' defense is going to be a defense you start every week. I love Justin's team. I love Justin's team. I think that's fair. I mean, I think there's a lot There's a lot to love about Justin's oh, team. Oh, and Julian Edelman's coming back next week. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. Justin's team. That's huge. The Patriots have needed him so much. You know Tom Brady's going to look his way. Uh, as long as he is in game shape, uh, I'll say I that Justin's I don't... Team. I don't Let's not overreact to Jordy Nelson and Calvin Ridley having two good weeks. I'm not convinced either of those guys will be week-by-week week viable fantasy options, but I do love 
the rest of his team, and I love Julian Edelman coming back. I and I, I mean he's got three quarterbacks on his team, so please, Justin, I don't stop. know what the hell he's doing. I think please. he does this stuff just please to... stop. I'm begging <laughs> you because he you does. have a team that can do something, and you're just you you just can't, dude. You can't. No, you can't. Ex- excuse my language, but I don't know why the fuck he picked up Baker Mayfield. Like I like honestly, I think he does this shit just to piss us off. I I honestly do. There's absolutely no reason a team that is already rostering Philip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers should pick up Baker Mayfield. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. He knows that. So let's let's, (laughs) let's not feed into it. Let's move on to the last matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point about Jordy Nelson not being a start every week, I agree with that. I will bet. I will do a let's bet with you. I think Calvin Ridley will be a very, very serviceable flex option the rest of the year. The Atlanta Falcons how can offense. We, how can we quantify it? I think his floor is around a thousand points. I think he'll have many weeks where he gets below a thousand points. All right. What, uh, what do you want the over under to be? I think. What do you, I we don't got, know. We got. We got. I think he scored twelve I think weeks. He has twelve weeks left. Twelve weeks left. I think he has four plus weeks with under a thousand. I'll take okay. I'll take the uh, if I can get four. So if he gets under, so yeah, if it's if f- he if he gets five or yeah, if he gets five or above, I'll take the four or under. Or do I only get three and under? No, you get. I'm confused now. Put it on the board. Let's bet. <laughs> All right, on to the last matchup. Yeah, on to the last matchup. Oh man, which. Wait, no. Is it the last matchup? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Is it? Oh. Did we do four matchups before the Let's Guess? Man, yes. we were flying. Yeah, we did. I thought we were halfway through. I, 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 was, I thought I was stopping it halfway through. <laughs> smart, uh, dude. Yeah, very smart. Okay, so apparently we're on the last matchup. Um, I don't know why Jack didn't know that, but I was always on top of things. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Tommy wow. loses Wouldn't to you know? Scott, 10,828 <laughs> to 14,430. Like Tommy mentioned, we did spend the weekend in Arizona with Scott for his bachelor party. But sorry, podcast listeners, what happens in Scottsdale stays in Scottsdale. And Scott's tots are keeping our mouths shut. Fun weekend, though. Uh, not a fun weekend for your fantasy team, Tommy. Underperforming pretty much across the board, except for Jared Cook, Matt Stafford, and Matt Bryant. Scott's team had a, a monster week. I mean, 14,000, I guess that's not too rare this week, this season, rather. But I don't know. Uh, do you want to go through Scott's team first? Because he really he really put a beating on you. Yeah, I mean, it was not looking good for me at the very start. Thursday night, Jared Goff puts up 3,930. Already, uh, things were not looking good for me. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 at no point, at no point during the weekend, I was kind of, you know, we were able to watch some games on Sunday. Um, we, we watched them at Buffalo Wild Wings in Scottsdale and at no point did I think I had any chance. So that, that was a lot of fun this week. Uh, just a solid week from Scott. Sammy Watkins got injured and didn't do anything, um, which is very concerning because Sammy Watkins is super injury prone. So keep an eye out for that. But AJ Green, solid, 1580. John Brown has been great. Scott uh, got the best of you in that trade, man. Uh, he knew something we didn't, and uh, John Brown has been great. Puts up 1940. David Johnson, very encouraging stuff. Gets a touchdown, over 100 yards total, uh, 1670. 
Carryon Johnson backs up his 100-yard performance with another great performance, 1,200, uh, getting the touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, big question mark. Big question mark right now. Has underperformed insanely. Uh, I still, you know, it's Gronk, so you expect him to turn things around at some point. Uh, maybe Julian Edelman coming back will help with that. Um, but yeah, he's got New England's defense putting up 1,500, Robbie Gold putting up 1,000, and JHI putting up 960. A super, super, super well rounded performance from his team. He moves to 2 and 2, and uh, he's got to be feeling good right now. Haha! Um, <laughs> yes! Oh, vindication. Absolute vindication jack this was not the last matchup i was right the entire time you tried to hoodwink me we have one more matchup after this thank you very much and good night everyone really oh, we, 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 about, haven't, we, we haven't talked about, about your matchup there's nothing, there's nothing to talk about dude <laughs> okay let's let's speed this up a little bit uh we're we're running long here we knew it was gonna be a long podcast we had a lot to talk about but um but yeah bottom line is scott's team looks good his running backs are coming into form. His wide receivers, he doesn't have much depth, especially if Sammy Watkins is out. But overall, things are looking good for his team. Um, for my team, um, I don't know, you can go into it. I'm feeling pretty down right now. I desperately need uh, Doug Baldwin to come back and be himself. He played this week um, but didn't do much. And I need Le'Veon Bell to come back uh, because James Conner week's week one performance was an absolute cock tease. Uh, and he has been declining ever since, and he looks very much not as talented as Le'Veon Bell. So what, what, I mean, the bright spot is I traded for Zach Ertz. I'm hoping that'll spark my team, but right now, yeah, I don't know what I got going for me. Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. You got that going for you. Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. You got that going for you. I still believe in Keelan Cole. I think he had a down week, but I don't know. I, I think he might have just been... I, I, I don't have an explanation. I just I think he's talented. I think he's one of Bortles' favorite targets, so I just think this was a weird week. I think James Kiner will absolutely like I, I don't think he'll have many below a thousand performances. I think this was a this was a strange week here. I wouldn't worry about that too much. I I would worry about LaShawn McCoy. The Bills are just really bad. And and there's not much else to say about that. I'm I'm worried about LaShawn McCoy. He's I don't know. He's he's not getting the usage, and that's that's been something that the hope was. The reason I drafted him is because he fell to me late, and the hope is that even though the Bills are bad, he's going to get the volume. He has absolutely not gotten the volume. I don't think he's exceeded ten touches a game. Uh, he's gotten the ball so little and it's very discouraging i'm just going to hold on to him for now because i can't trade him for any kind of value because he's been so atrocious and just hope that they start using him more he's gotten seven carries nine carries and five carries in the weeks that he's played and he also has not been doing much uh receiving so yeah i'm just gonna bench him and and hopefully they start using him more. i'm not sure what to do there Right. Well, you know, I think you and Scott both have some things to fix, some some holes to worry about, but Scott's team looked good this week, and your team is looking for a rebound week next week. Let's move on to the last matchup, because I knew there was another matchup, because I never lose track, and because I'm more well-informed than Tommy. It's my matchup, and boy, was this a W that I needed. 
I beat Louis 15,778 to 15,384 in dramatic fashion on Monday Night Football with two minutes left in the fourth quarter for my first win of the season. This was a movie, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to write a story about this someday. Matt Ryan with almost 3,000 points again this week. Kareem Hunt really solidifying the victory for me tonight with 2,500 points. He had 121 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then Brandon McManus also helping me out to secure the win tonight with 1,600. Outside of my QB and the two Monday night studs, what uh, what went well for my team this week? I mean, not too much outside of Giovanni Bernard. Um, you're, you're, Trey Boo Boo. Yeah, Trey Boo Boo. That's that's great. I mean, the only the two catches though. Uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of targets, so you you wonder if he can consistently put up points um, without scoring touchdowns. And I don't know if he's going to be getting a lot of touchdowns this year, but nonetheless, it is encouraging to see him get into the end zone. Um, and uh, I mean, Sterling Shepard, great pickup and play by you. Uh, I gave you a little crap for it, saying it was an obvious play. Uh, we were talking about it over the weekend, but it is a really good play by you. I, I, the reason I said it was obvious is because it, it just, to me, it makes sense. Evan Ingram goes down. Sterling Shepard is the third option behind Odell Beckham, or third or fourth option behind Odell, Saquon, and then there's Ingram and Shepard, who kind of are. Um, you know, fighting back and forth for targets. So with Ingram out, you figured his targets are uh, Shepard's targets are going to go up. So I love the play by you. He rewards you with 2070. That was huge. Um, Talk about my wide receivers, man. One through three. <laughs> I thought you wanted to know what good things were happening. No. Uh, <laughs> so you've got a problem with your team right now. The and first, it is, look at my bench. It is a little man named Alshon came back this week. Okay, yes, 2, yes, yes. points, eight receptions, yes, 100 yes, yards, and a touchdown. Yes. He'll be spotted so, in moving forward. Is your favorite thing asking me questions and then cutting me off? Yeah, dude, I like to set you up. I like to make okay. you think like you have a smart answer, and then I give you new info to throw you off your throw you okay. off your chair. <laughs> well, if you just let me do the analysis here, I think we'll uh, we'll be all right. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Alshon Jeffrey coming back in his first week, eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. That's so encouraging for you. You plug him in next week, obviously, and you play him, um, and that's going to give you a big boost at the wide receiver position because what you got this week is not good enough. Marvin Jones, 710. Larry Fitzgerald, third, uh, 430. Callaway, 822. Hogan on your bench with 300. And Nunwa on your bench with 860. I don't know that. Okay, here's what I'll say about Chris Hogan: is you're probably thinking about dropping him. I'd give it one more week. I'd give it one more week. See if Julian Edelman coming back somehow changes something for Chris Hogan. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we, you yeah, may, I'm not going to drop be, him yet. Okay, so uh, you hope he turns it around there. Anunwa, eight sixty against Jacksonville, really not bad. He is still the lead target guy there. Um, so I don't know. You might have to just you might just have to sit Larry Fitzgerald uh, until proven otherwise. I mean Marvin Jones at seven ten. It was a down week for him, but you're playing him every week. So with Jeffrey back, you got him, Jones Jr. And then I mean based on matchups, you can do Shepard or Anunwa. Um, and then great news is I think they're expecting Joe Mixon to be back. And with Cincinnati looking tremendous, I mean, they've been making Giovanni Bernard look like a stud. And uh, Joe Mixon has at least two times the talent of Giovanni Bernard. So uh, with Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon, if he's back and healthy, and then you got Christian McCaffrey coming back off your bye, 
Getting the win this week is huge. I'm not looking forward to playing you next week because we are both 1-3, and three, and I am fully anticipating a loss against you. Uh, so that's going to drop me to 1-4. and four. But, uh, no, your team, despite the down week from your wide receivers, I was telling you, it, it's been looking good, and uh, I've got just a great win for you. Just an absolutely phenomenal yeah, win for you. and a much-needed uh, win. And an yeah, undeserved for sure. loss for Louie. It drops Louie to 2-2. Two and two. But keep going, keep talking about Louis' team because, you know, you praise me, but he was right there this week as well. He's got a lot to be happy about. Louis has so much to be happy about. Uh, immediately, immediately when Rex Burkhead goes down, James White steps up and puts up 27-20. I mean, that is just incredible for Louis. Uh, you know, obviously not expecting that kind of production from him, but... He is the guy in the passing game for the running backs, and he's even getting rushing yards. They like to use him in the red zone. James White is going to be really good uh, while Rex Burkett is on the IR. Melvin Gordon, stud. You start him every week. He puts up 2740. Uh, and then there's a lot of other bright spots. Now, Will Fuller with the injury, you got to keep an eye on that. Um, but he had another decent week before he went out, 12.90. Devontae Adams, he's always going to be solid, 12.10. No touchdown, but he gets another eight catches and 81 yards. And I want to talk about Amari Cooper because all you do is shit on him. And Louie thought that I hoodwinked him uh, by talking him up and convincing him, not convincing him to draft him, but I had told him I was high on him. I, 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 will, I will say it. I was high on him going into the draft. Uh, I thought about drafting him, uh, didn't. I, I liked Louis picking him in the third round. He's had a bad week, great week, bad week, great week. <laughs> what do you? I mean, can Louis count on Amari Cooper, or should should he? Absolutely I mean, not. Okay, all right. Of course, that's fair. That's fair. Can Louis uh, count on Amari Cooper? Don't even insult me with that question. Of course he can't. You can't. Okay. There's so, few. There's there's three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and not counting on Amari Cooper. <laughs> he is so bad and so okay, let inconsistent. Me, let me rephrase the question. What do you think about Louis using him as his flex option week to week? Totally fine. Matchup dependent, but totally fine. Okay. Um, and then when I, what I see from Louis' team is I see a person that needs we were talking about a two for one trade with like, that dad should try and make Louie needs to make like <laughs> two two for one trades because right now everyone on his roster it looks startable i mean yeah, he's got Eckler, five he's got five startable running backs yeah right he's got five startable running backs we talked about running backs being in such high demand Louie needs to go and make a trade with kyle right now uh they need to work something out because Kyle could use one of his running backs, and Louis could use Louis could upgrade at the wide wide receiver position. He's got good wide receivers, but Kyle's got some studs over on his team in the wide receiver position. So uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something there where the two of them can work something out. But yeah, I see Louis's entire roster right now was startable this week, except for Chris Bott, uh, Thompson, who had a bye. But um, Jimmy Graham solid again, got a touchdown. Uh, Dan Bailey, 
great pickup. Not last week for Louis, but I think Dan Bailey is going to be great for him most weeks. Tyler Lockett, even with Doug Baldwin back, still almost puts up a thousand. I, I just, what do you think? What's your take on Russell Wilson? Because that for this week for Louis was the big letdown for him, and you know, quote unquote, the reason he lost. If Russell Wilson has his normal week, Louis wins. Um, I think it's I think it's something to worry about. I think yeah. Russell Wilson is not. I don't think Russell Wilson is an elite. Like he's not one of those guys where you don't even look at the matchup and play him. I, I don't think that's the case. I think I think you got. I mean, for this one, you look at the matchup and you say play him because the Cardinals suck, but he only gets eight ninety eight. I don't I don't play Russell Wilson against the Rams next week. Absolutely, I think Louis needs to stream another quarterback. See, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. I think Louis absolutely should start Russell Wilson against the Rams next week. Uh, for the simple fact that the game's going to be in Seattle and the Rams score a lot of points. So even if the Seahawks are crushed for most of the game, I mean, garbage points exist in fantasy and, and they still count uh, okay. towards That's your score. a really good point. I, I, you know, Russell Wilson could have to throw the ball a bunch in that game. So uh, I understand your point. It's not looking good for the Seahawks right now, and the Rams defense is good. Uh, but, yeah, I think Seahawks defense is not that great, and Earl Thomas just went out, which, <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, pretty pretty brutal. brutal. And uh, he, he flipped uh, the Seahawks sideline the bird as he was being carted off. Um, and I think rightfully so, because he held out and did not want to play because he was worried about risking an injury because he wanted a contract uh, from a team that he had already given so much to. And I, I think they, they disrespected Earl Thomas. They didn't give him a contract. And uh, he breaks his leg. He fractured his leg. He's going to be out for the year. And uh, I hope he can heal up and get the contract he wants next year. Um, but, yeah, I think the Seahawks did him dirty. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I think, to me, the Earl Thomas injury kind of speaks to Le'Veon Bell's situation, and I kind of definitely more so understand where Le'Veon Bell is coming from. Um, these guys, football is such a dangerous sport. They want to get that guaranteed money before they step out on the field because in one play, your season can be over. And for Earl Thomas, a guy that's older, a guy that didn't get a new contract – who knows what kind of money that's going to be available for him after this uh, another lost tough injury a for him? Ton of money. Yeah, he, he has a right to be really, really pissed. And you're, and you're right; it makes me uh, reflect a little bit on our comments a few weeks ago about Le'Veon Bell being money grubbing because I think I think it does speak to the danger that players are putting themselves in every time they step on the field. And if you don't get money before that happens, it's a business, and you're not you're just not going to get as much money as you would have before. So yeah. you just you're risking, you know, it's a lot of money either way. So that's where it's like, well, you're being greedy, but no, it's it's a business, and I think I think this adds fuel to Le'Veon's fire. So I think it puts him in a bit more of a power position here. We'll see what happens. But anyways, long episode. We talked about a lot of different things. If you're still still tuning in, thanks for sticking through to the end. We really love you guys listening and and emailing in we've been getting a ton of emails um except from scott he doesn't seem to ever email in and um 
yeah, I, I just I just think it's great that we're able to talk to each other and have at least two or three people listen. So the fact that, you know, maybe five <laughs> or six are listening is phenomenal. Uh, Tommy, any anything else to add to that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, um, yeah, I wanted to mention your comment about Scott never emailing in. I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, he did email in and... Uh, <laughs> uh, the start of his email is, hey, fellas, first of all, big fan, long-time listener, first-time caller, which I love because basically every podcast you listen to, um, when they do like the the mailbag and they have people that have called in and you hear their voicemails, that's basically what everyone hey, says hey, hey when guys, they call lo- in. Long-time listener. <laughs> big, hey, big fan of the podcast, guys. Long-time listener. Uh, first-time calling in. First-time calling in. Uh, uh, but yeah, he... He mentioned the John Brown and Chris Hogan trade. We gotta, we gotta give it to you, Scott. You got Jack there at least for the time being. Um, and uh, yeah, we apologize for the Jared Goff comments. Uh, for now, he seems like a, a good start for you. Um, but yeah, thanks for emailing in. We we encourage emails from the rest of you. Um, and Scott's helped us to keep up the good work. We appreciate it, Scott. We do it for you. We do it for all of you. And as Jack said, we love it. I think, you know, even if no one was listening, we still love talking to each other about fantasy football. Um, And it really is. It's awesome uh, that you guys like to listen as well. So thanks for tuning in. As he mentioned, very long episode, but we love to have you with us. Uh, We're four weeks through the season, about a third of the way through the regular season of fantasy. Um, And honestly, Jack, with me, I'm in 11th and Drew is in 12th right now. And mm-hmm. I think you would say, at least in my opinion, I still give myself a decent shot at the playoffs. And with the way Drew's team looked this week, I give him a shot at the playoffs. Um, and certainly you would get everyone else above us a shot at the playoffs. So, like, I don't know. A lot of teams look really good right now. And I think it's, it's just it's really it's really fun. It's going to be a wild hunt. There's a lot of a lot of teams that have the potential to, to, to make the playoffs, obviously. And I think it'll it'll come down to come down to the wire towards the end of the season and there will be some teams that are deserving that don't make the cut and that's just the name of the game absolutely um but thanks again for listening and uh jack let's talk fantasy football